Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Oh, hello, everyone. It's a, oof, been a long week, been a long week. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network. And tonight I got Kaz Scaife joining me, which is, I think, the best show of the week myself. Now, I've been Aww. absent a little bit. <laughs> but I've been absent a little bit, but I've been running here and there and doing this and that, and I'm tired and I'm worn out. And one of the things that Kaz and I have talked about quite a bit is um, fighting back against it. How to fight back against it. It isn't enough just to complain. Now we're seeing people having <laughs> group meetings at various places around the country. <laughs> um, I applaud you for that. I do for going to the effort, but we don't see anything coming from that. And I don't mean that as a negative. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't mean that as a negative at all. For the people that have gotten in front of their state legislatures with is some sort of meeting and they're going to speak, they're given three minutes to speak because they know you cannot possibly say anything relevant in three minutes. And while you're up there trying to use your three minutes, they interrupt you continually to eat your three minutes up and then say, your time's up. Now, this is one of the players, the person who does this is one of the players in this racketeering that goes on in guardianship, and they're making sure nothing changes. You don't say anything that would affect their ability to protect these predators. And, you know, I've said for a long time, because having a meeting is a good thing, but you need to do Mm -hmm. it in a public venue. You need to invite every senator and representative in your state, put a chair on the stage for them, Put their name in big letters to the back of the chair. None of them are going to show up, but it is a right. public signal. These people didn't give a damn enough to show up, but you have to quit meeting them on their turf. As long as you do, they control you and everything, which we have seen is quite quite effective. You've got to take that away from them. If they are actually representing the people in their state, They should have no problem in showing up to a public meeting, especially on an issue that's so important. But there's a lot of things I believe we should do differently. And Kaz and I are working on setting up a citizens commission that will counter uh, these guardianship systems and everything else. The idea that you have to go to the bar and and Kaz is going to be talking about how to file a complaint and with whom. And file a complaint that you know is going to go immediately into the trash. That's not the end of it. 
you have to file that complaint with the bar or with the judicial system before you can attach their bond. Every one of them is required to have an insured bond before they can participate in this system. Supposedly, the bond guarantees it's supposed to be for the value of the estate, that if they do anything wrong, anything goes wrong, their insurance will cover the loss. Well, of course, there never is a loss because they steal the estate and they're not going to charge themselves. But Mm -hmm. you go after three strikes and you're out. They lose their bond. They are by law prohibited from proceeding without that bond. So uh, that's one aspect of this you can look into. But we've got to become a little more proactive and not just from the point of the glory hog aspect, look at me, look at me, but proactive in the sense of going on the offensive, moving this issue forward, refusing to allow legislators to control the situation, the dialogue, and the outcome. These people are not serving our needs. They're helping to keep the system going like it is. And, you know, because up in Minnesota, I had that one. uh, She was chief of staff for a senator up there said to me, oh, she said, um, uh, you know, she said, "We, we can't change probate. It saves the state millions of dollars. And I corrected her. I said, no, sweetie, it makes the state millions of dollars. You all profit from the targeting the kidnapping, the isolation, and the exploitation of these people. Don't sit and tell me how it saves you money. It makes you money. I said, this is human trafficking. And I said, it is nothing less just because the government's doing it or their compadres are doing it makes it no less than somebody who's smuggling bodies across the border. It is still human trafficking. So we're going to be looking at things from that aspect tonight. And by the way, and thank you, I see we got a full house. I appreciate that. I truly do. Um, But uh, I want to let everybody know we're going to be doing some um, fundraising for um, the summit. And um, this year it's going to be a little different and maybe a different location. And Marcel will keep us updated on that. But if you want to contribute, please send anything at donation to Marcel Reed. That's M-A-R-C-E-L-R-E-I-D. Post Office Box 15491. That's Post Office Box 15491, Alexandria, Virginia, 22309. That's 22309. And if you need that address again, uh, give me a heads up and I'll shout it out after the show or during the show again. But um, so we want to help out there all that we can. And Marcel usually funds a, this whole program. What? Yeah, we should make we a GoFundMe. We should make a GoFundMe. Because mm, GoFundMe, yeah, they don't take a percentage anymore. You give them a tip what you feel they earn. So you give them a couple bucks. And so right now yeah. they've changed the platform where they basically, when you do a GoFundMe, the person gets 100% of the money that you give, and you can choose to give a couple extra bucks to help them keep their yeah. platform going. Well, so yeah, but aren't they I think the that'd ones be a great just, idea. Yeah, aren't they the ones that just took all the Canadian truckers' oh. donations, $3 million? Oh, yeah. Worth? Oh, yeah, yeah, Guardian would try and get the money stolen. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is true. So, that is true. Yeah. 
So oh. we'll have to think of See, something. See, you're always there. thinking, anyway, Marty. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Should All we right. start off with um with should we start off with hog report or talking about filing report? Hog report first and then let's move to filing. Okay. We got do you have the orange? I don't know. <laughs> 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 it's the hog report, the hog report. Go ahead. All right. So, Marty, today's hog report is actually a public service. So we're actually going to do something to help the hogs out. And one thing that we noticed is there's a lot of, you know, pictures floating out there with hogs in them. And we noticed that the hog needs to know where to properly place themselves in the pictures. And so today is a public service announcement for hogs because, you know, they entertain us sometimes. So anyway, if there is a celebrity, like let's say that some hogs and advocates and stuff got to be with Britney Spears, make sure if you're the hog that you are standing right next to her. If you are with like a senator or you know, a governor or whatever, a hog should always have themselves placed right next to the famous person. And they like, they should be in the middle of the picture. Now, there's been some hogs that kind of were on the end of a picture, but Marty, you pointed out that, that's, that, hog, that then they were closest to the camera. So I thought we would kind of talk about camera angles and proper candle camera angles okay. for, you know, Ooh. ultimate hogness. That you know, good. so if you're the hog, you want to basically always be standing by the most prominent person, front and center, you know, in the middle, everyone surrounding you, that's where you want to stand. And I don't know, hogs are getting a little sloppy because I haven't been seeing all, <laughs> I some of the pictures that I'm seeing, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. So I think yeah. we want to make sure to remind the hogs like where their proper placement should be because we want to all identify you. Don't be trying to be stealth on us. We want to know who you are. So Marty, what else would you like to um, add to proper photography when you're with a hog? Well, just remember everyone, if you're in the company of a <laughs> glory hog and there's a camera rolling, <laughs> it is imperative to them that their face is dead in the middle of that camera. Um, I have seen committee hearings where people got up to speak and glory hogs positioned themselves right behind the podium off just a little to the side so that they're in the camera shot. We've seen this happen mm. repeatedly. Um, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it takes to, to carry around that size ego, um, <laughs> but it may account for some people being short, but um, it just, uh I, I, this is just something, you know, because I told you when I first started in all this, which has been 14 years ago now, mm. I always anticipated a fight from the opposition. I never anticipated yeah. the fight from people on the same side I was on. And these people, what they point out to you is, and they keep saying, it's all about the cause. It's all about the cause. No, it isn't. It's all about you. And the cause mm -hmm. is simply the vehicle you're driving trying to get yourself notoriety. And well, if it wasn't, and the other thing ahead. that I've even noticed, Marty, the other thing that I've even noticed about some of these people, like, for example, I have a real story. I actually went through this, but some of these like hogs and 
weird advocate. Like they they didn't even actually experience any like another family members were ever put in guardianship, but yet they've inserted mm-hmm. themselves into this phenomena and then you know proceed to yeah. you know, talk about it. And yeah. I mean, some of these hogs like weren't like they they have no case and they're right. just. You know, so I don't understand why people are inserting themselves into these things and then they don't even know what they're talking about. They're messing things up for people. I just don't get it. Like, why, why are you in the quote, quote, movement? Why are they in the movement? I'm just trying to, that baffles me. Uh, It just, again, it's a, it's a grab for being a celebrity. Um, You know, two of the hogs out there that we know of constantly uh, refer to themselves as the world leader in or the nation's leader in or they're the greatest that ever was and of course mm-hmm. nobody says that but them but they believe yeah. it and um, you know and then you know have you noticed too like if they get questioned about something they've said uh, they'll expand their credentials <laughs> they have this incredible oh, yeah, yeah um, resume that stuff keeps getting added mm-hmm. to as they get confronted and what was it here most recently? One of the hogs uh, got upset because there was questions about an interpretation of law and that the hog was wrong in the interpretation and they screamed that they were not, and they were the one with the JD, and uh, which oh. was a surprise to everybody. And when oh. asked where this JD came from, mentioned a university, and when that university was contacted, they had no knowledge of the hog. And um, but they oh, constantly. Oh, I hope inflate. the hog never actually gave anybody any uh, legal advice. Not yeah, that, not <laughs> yeah. Out well, there so. you go. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it's just, um, you know, it, it, to watch this, stand back and watch this, has really been, on the one hand, a curiosity, and on the other hand, of course, it's aggravating because we've been fighting so hard, trying to get this stuff stopped, get it changed. Um, you know, I want everybody out there speaking. I want you, you know, to stand up. But we have got to formulate a plan. And uh, that we've got to take the offensive. Uh, we cannot depend, as I said in the promo, we cannot depend on our senators, our representatives, our governors, anybody to do this, to stop this system. This is a culling, whether you like it or not. This is a massive transfer of wealth to a select few. If you did, you know, and that's another thing, because how many stories do we see about a son or a daughter or a neighbor, you know, bilking some old person? And yet here we have, and yes, that is disgraceful, and they do, they do mm-hmm. need to be prosecuted. But how many of these predator guardians have done this over and over to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. Oh my God! They've well, isolated. we we know of two two that yeah. are going to go to jail. That Rebecca Furley and April Parks. I mean, yeah. Wow. Well, April, I mean, that's April just Parks, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, got forty years, and Rebecca Furley, we outed ten years ago on the PVJ and mm-hmm. on air um, of yeah. what she was doing. And um, this woman was bankrupt in 2007. 
which should have precluded her from being a guardian. It's one of the rules. Mm -hmm. By 2010, all she had done was guardianship. She was a multimillionaire, had several luxury homes and cars, all of it stolen from her clients. And what was apparent in both of those cases, both of them had the bodies cremated, so you didn't know they were drugged to death or whatever else had happened to them. And autopsy. Yep, no autopsy. And then they kept the ashes in urns. Uh, Parks kept hers in a storage locker, lined up on shelves, all the people she'd had off, and um, kept their ashes. And then Furley had them on lighted shelves in her office. These are the same as trophies from any serial killer. Every serial killers will take jewelry or this, that, or something else. These two took the remains. and It's almost like they're Jeffrey Dahmer's, you know? Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. I mean, really, we what's the know. difference? Yeah. I we guess they didn't they eat didn't them. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, my gosh. This is, there's many, many of these out there like this um, who are doing perverse things. And all they're doing is just government-sanctioned theft. Like, say, with yeah. the, the, the exchange of wealth. And it's being stolen from families, from heirs. And, you know, there's a push out now to end um, you being an heir to anything. Uh, There's several of these weak-kneed politicians saying, you know, the more we think about it, um, there's no reason a a child or a grandchild should inherit anything. They didn't work for it. And you didn't work for that office you're in, but there you are. And But they want to stop. The transfer of, mm-hmm. of estates through, like, you know, being an heir to the estate, uh, that it should end and all the property should be sold and liquidated and whatever. Who's going to farm uh, all the food when they do that? Because that's how you put yeah, all, that's how, back in the 80s, all those farms went bankrupt because they did that inheritance tax. So yes. they basically tax the next generation out of their farms. And now there's a move to come back because, Last I checked, we actually, as humans, actually have to eat food to live and survive. Even glory hogs and politicians and judges and lawyers and guardians have to eat the food. So mm-hmm. if you get rid of farmers, so I don't know how that's going to work out for their food. Well, you know, one of the shows I do once a month is on the USDA with Lawrence Lucas and the black farmers. Mm-hmm. And what they've done to them of, of taking their land from them. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. one of the most disgusting things going on. And I, what I think is of interest is find out who was the receiver on that land. Who did the USDA mm-hmm. hand that land over to? Because right there is the key to the whole story. Who got yeah. that land? Because Bill Gates now is up to 350,000 acres of prime agricultural. I heard he's I the much... number one landowner, yeah. Bill Gates, right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And um, But a, a lot of what he has taken, I believe, came from the black farmers. And I think it started. Oh. And see, they always go after the weaker link. They have to go through the Office of Civil Rights and all of this to file a complaint about you know, their case is not being handled in a timely fashion or not being responded to at all. And um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, but they have really given these people the short end of the stick. And under the COVID settlement, you know, for farmers, they were supposed to have gotten a large share of that. They got less than 8%. The rest of it went to white farmers. And um, 
left a lot of them just hanging, spinning in the wind. But uh, so we'll we'll keep pushing on that. But that is a crucial yeah. issue. That part of what these guardians are taking is land. Um, they're getting their mm-hmm. hands on the land, but especially like in the farming, who where is that land ending up? Who is the receiver? Who wanted the land to begin with? That you know all of this went that came to pass. But like I say, we've got to come up with, a, take more of an offensive position. And, Kazi, you're going to be talking about that, um, about all the yeah. places you filed complaint uh, behind yep. your Uncle Harvey's case. Yes. So, should I start? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. basically, I know, I do know that there is a glory hog that uh, one time went on shenanigans, which is, oh, I forgot to say shenanigans in Montgomery County Courthouse sponsored oh. that hog report. I forgot. Yes. I'm sorry, Mr. Shenanigans. He'll be fine. Um, so anyway, so on that on that Facebook page, a hog once said to, about me and you, Marty, why are you two buttoning your nose in what's going on in Pennsylvania? So I would like to everyone to know, yes, I live in Wisconsin, but the guardianship and everything that I dealt with was in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. Myself, I was in and out of court for about nine years from the beginning to the end. And I mean, I till the, they contest the will, I got to see the whole thing go from beginning to end, how they do it. So what I want to talk about is how do you fight back? And what I'm going to tell you are things that we actually did. Now, did we get many results? No, there's a lot of people who are out there. Why should I even bother? Why should I bother doing this? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Because you know what? If enough people start filing complaints, there's always a hot shot that wants to make a name for themselves, and they're going to find these things. If you don't file the complaints, you you need to kind of stop complaining to other people because you yeah. need to do the paperwork. The other reason why, as time has gone on and all these complaints have been filed, we have these documents that are in PDF forms that have all the I mean, it's all laid out in there with the medical records and court records and everything that we have filed. We back up everything that we say. And those things kind of leave my memory because, A, it's not something that I'm excited to have to remember about. But when it's time to remember those things, I can pull these documents up and like, oh, yeah, that's right. They did do this and they did do that. So by documenting these things, even though you think that nobody cares and nothing's going to be done, you have also created yourself a document. So I'm going to go over some of the some of the complaints that we did file. And I want to give props to Senator Tammy Baldwin here in Wisconsin. We had reached out to her. I'm a, a resident of Wisconsin, and I knew that she was on the, uh, there's like an aging committee in the, and she might have been in the House at the time. I can't remember for sure when I reached out to her because she's in the House and then the Senate. So I can't remember if she was a senator at the time or not. Sorry, Tammy, if you're listening, I think you're awesome. But um, so we reached out to her office knowing that she was on on this committee, and she said that the only way that you can really get help is, you, A, as I was going to have to go to someone in the state of Pennsylvania. We all about, I think like 50 people filed complaints with Senator Bob Casey, who did nothing. So he's a no. loser. You're in Pennsylvania. You shouldn't be voting for him. Big loser. Anyway, so we know, but we have, people have those complaints and you have the paperwork. So someday when his opponent 
when someone wants to actually beat him in election, we'll hand it all over to you. Yeah, throw him under the bus. What I mean, you would so win an election over Bob Casey in a heartbeat. But anyway, so Tammy Baldwin had sent an email and said, figure out how you can make this federal. And that was so key. So I actually had a politician give me an idea. What do I do? I, you know, you're filing enough, you know, with the ombudsman and you're complaining to the nursing home and you're complaining at a very local level and you're not getting anywhere. I mean, and those complaints are good to file. But what Tammy said, figure out how to file it on a national level. And what we did was we filed Medicare fraud. When you it's pretty easy to find Medicare fraud in any guardianship. It's not hard. I mean, just look. Are they overbilling something? Just file it. Like, it's not your job to prove that something happened. You're filing the complaint. It's their job to investigate it. So just flip and file it. So we filed the complaint. We filed the Medicare fraud. And, and all it takes is a Google, and you're going to find these forms. So then what happened was that kicked off over to the Attorney General Office of Pennsylvania. Kathleen Kane, she's my hero. Anyway, go see what happened when she started investigating Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. But anyway, so she starts investigating stuff. So we filed it federal. It kicks over to the Attorney General. We also filed complaints with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, you're going to know, have you ever had somebody like, I filed a complaint with the FBI. Let me tell you what actually happens if you file a complaint with the FBI. You will be assigned your own personal email address. We call it the Great Abyss. You just keep sending the stuff to this email address. And back when we were filing, we were having, we had so many files, we had about 3,000 pages of files of documents that we had accumulated on Harvey. So I had to put them on jump drives. So we, you can go down to like a Staples or an Office Depot, and they can transfer a whole bunch of files onto these jump drives. The jump drives were so big, and technology back in like 20, 2010, 2011, you know, just wasn't as what it is today. So we had a P.O. box that was assigned to us. So we would send the jump drives to the FBI at this P.O. box. And we were told, you'll know your case is closed when your email bounces back to you. So every once in a while, when we found different cases in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, we would send those over into that email. Now, we've never had anything bounce back to us, although in the last few years, we haven't sent anything more. But so when people run their mouth and they say, oh, I'm going to complain with the FBI, blah, blah, blah. If your complaint actually got far enough, you're going to have your own personal email address that's assigned exclusively to you or a P.O. box where you can send documents, jump drives, and things like that. So that is the process that's going to happen when you file with the FBI. I do know that in Montgomery County, there have been about 10 victim families that I know of that have also filed the reports with the FBI there in Philadelphia. So we have about 10 right there that should be enough to someday trigger an investigation on what's been going on. We were all 10 non-related people. It's not like 10 of my family members all filed a complaint. When you have non-related family, people who like don't know each other and there's no way we could have known each other and they're filing similar complaints, these are things that need to be investigated. And someday, we hope that they will be. 
you need to file these reports because you don't know who else has been filing the reports and things are going to start lining up and re, um, hot shots investigators it's like it's like a like a badge if they can bust something my dad was uh the chief um, investigator for the securities and exchange commission and if he could bust someone my dad took down ivan boski and michael milken I'm sure they had some politicians in their pocket, but my dad, he took them down because there's always an agency that's going to counter a lot of this corruption. And there are good people out there, and you have to have faith in our government that it can still work. So file these complaints. So we've done, we've done Medicare fraud. We've filed with the Attorney General. We've filed with the local ombudsman. We've filed with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now we're going to keep going on people's licenses. So the guardian that we dealt with, she was also a registered nurse. So what you do is you can file on medical professions licenses. And how you're going to figure out how to do that is you're going to do Google searches for your state. And if you need some help with doing some of those Google searches, private message me. I would love to help you out. But it's pretty easy. So there's usually forms that are on that are out there on the internet with the procedures that you do. Now, when you're filing complaints, you don't want to just run your mouth and tell your story and run on about emotions and run on about like dirty clothes and unkept dirty room, love. You, you need to have something significant and you also need to have documents and pictures to back up what you're saying. You need to keep it short and sweet and to the point because you don't want to lose somebody. Sometimes if this is a very emotional crime that you are the victim of, this is your loved one, this is, this is your mom, your dead, this is your world, and they, this is the, one of the most heinous crimes I think known to mankind. I get it. But you need to now be, they are your prey, and you need to get your message across, and the only way that you are really going to be taken serious is if you can back up what you're saying. Now, what you want to do is you want to get medical records. You might think that is a dumb thing to do. If you can get them, there is so much dirt in those medical records. You cannot, I mean, oh, my gosh, the stuff that we found in the medical records. And actually, I read every single page. Page. I mean, it was a full-time job. You go through those medical records. You go through all your court records, you go through all your filings, and you will start to find the things that they've done wrong that you can prove in these filings. So you're going to find in medical records, you know, for us, the five milligrams of Halidol that's being prescribed. You're going to go find the 1987 Nursing Home Act that this violates. It's called chemical restraint. Thank you to a social worker in Dane County, Wisconsin, that tipped me off on that. There actually are some good social workers out there, and I had one that told me all this in about the 1987 Nursing Home Act. So when you find all these things, you're going to document it. You're going to get a re medical records. You're going to document things that other professionals have said to you, some caregivers. All these things, caregivers do little notes about all their daily tasks and what they're doing. You subpoena and you get those things, and if you still have any rights, you can still get copy of those things. The guardians will try and take your rights away from those things. Don't know that you're looking for them. They might not take their rights, your rights away from you fast enough, and you're going to get the goods, as I did. And so anyway, I think sometimes you have to let them think that you're stupid, let the guardian think that you're stupid, because when they think you're stupid, they don't see you coming. And so 
play the game. Play the game. Be stupid. Let them think you're an idiot. And then go and get these records. Because if they don't think you're on the ball, they're not going to cover their butt hard enough to really black you out. That would be great. Um, my great advice, just be dumb. And so anyway, when we filed on medical, on the licenses, we filed on the guardian, who's also an RN. We also um, filed on a doctor. We took medical records and showed based on medical research that we had done through like the Mayo Clinic, there's a lot of research that you, like any drug that you see your loved one on, Google that drug. Google that drug and read every article about that drug you can. And you're going to usually see they call them black box warnings. And they're always giving the elderly these drugs that the side effect is death. It's right there. It's all on the Internet. It's Mayo Clinic's done a lot of research on it. And you take that and you put that into your documents. That's a malpractice. This is showing that these nurses and these doctors should not be prescribing those drugs to your loved ones. And you start documenting this malpractice that they're doing. You'll find other stuff as you start digging. You file on their license. They, they probably, nothing bad will happen to them. But you know what? It's been filed. And you have that paperwork. 20 years from now, you might meet someone else that's still dealing with this person, and you can hand them that whole document, and they're going to have a heads up on what's going on. And the more people that you can get to file these complaints, I think you're going to take some people out. Now, the next thing that you can file is on the nursing home director. They, too, have to have their own license to be a nursing home director. So you file on that. And you, that's a state, they have to have um, a state license to be a nursing home director. So you're going to file that on that. And you're going to, you know, use the same thing, the lack of care, the medical treatment. You're going to use, you know, everything that you've got. Keep your emotions out of it. Talk about the specifics. Your loved one is um, being denied their hearing aids, their glasses, their dentures. These are basic things that people need in their lives. And this is a medical director should be on top of that kind of stuff that that these things you know these basic human comforts should not be ignored and especially when you bring it up to somebody's attention and they still ignore it these are things that you file this is called malpractice so even those little things and always document everything that you see and it's always nice if there's someone else that was with you that they too can document some of those things and especially if it's not a family member if it's you know like a caregiver or anyone just kind of write yeah and so and so was there they saw this so you're going to have that you're going to file on the on their nursing home licenses because they have to have a license to run the nursing the care facilities so you're going to file on that license now you're going to file on the lawyers because you know we all know that they're racketeering and they're all in cahoots and you're going to find the proof that that's going on. One, you're going to go digging through court records. A lot of them are online, and you can start to see who's all working together, and you can usually see the skeleton of the of the documents. You can usually figure out how to get a hold of people that you see on that skeleton of the document and that give phone calls, and people are going to be so excited to connect with other people who are victims, and they're going to be able to hand you actual full documents. So once you start building your case to the racketeering of the attorneys, you're going to file, obviously, with the Bar Association. Now, the big disappointment for us when we filed, and we filed on the guardian, the court-appointed guardian attorney, the attorneys that work for the banks, the attorneys, any attorney that you that that touched this case, you are going to file on their license. 
it's a pain in their butt. What was stinky for us is that, oh, Judge Ott was on the board. So when we filed on the lawyer's license, it went to Judge Ott to decide that they were fine. But you know what? We have all the paperwork, and we also have the paperwork of the decision that was made. And you're going to hold on to those things because someday those things are going to be valuable. And enough people keep filing on the same attorney's license, and you hold on to those decisions where they, oh, they didn't do anything wrong. Someday that's going to come back to bite them. And you know what? Sometimes you need to lay low because you're playing a long game here. You just keep laying low, keep collecting everything. So you're filing on the attorneys. Now you're also going to file on the judge. And we actually used to go into retirement three years before he had planned on. So this was actually something that was done that we were successful at. And I bet you he hates my guts. And I am proud of that fact. So I once read a quote, don't judge a man by the friends that he keeps, but by their enemies. So I'm excited that I think Judge Ott would consider me an enemy and he hates me. And that warms my little evil heart. So anyway. So what we did in Pennsylvania, there was, I think, eight families, because there's a lot of us that know each other in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, with about 200 documents of different, of different victims. That, is, that seems to be what, what we have in our possession right now. And it's, it's always growing. So anyway, we went to, we sent out letters to, and my sister was, you know, a big part of it. And that we wanted to go before they have, like, in Pennsylvania, it was a legislative, I'm not going to say the word, legislative, legislative, anyway, and there's a whole bunch of them in Pennsylvania, and how you dis, how you disbarred a judge there is you had to go before this big group of legislators and and plead your case as to why you feel that this judge needs to be removed from their position. And there was about a hundred letters. There's, I think, like over a hundred people that this letter had to be sent out. And again, don't just run your mouth and say, "I need this done." Blah 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 blah. You need to have some documents backing out why you feel that you should go before this legislative branch to say why you feel this judge is not doing their job properly. So having we had about three thousand pages of documents. So, you know, you pick some good documents and you write up your thing and then you have other families who also have documents and you attach all that. That was mailed out to a hundred and some legislative branch and done through email and then also posted on all of their Facebook pages where it was all made. Most of them removed it once they realized what had been posted publicly on their Facebook pages and I am... I'm blocked on some of these Facebook pages um, for Pennsylvania, like politicians. Can you believe that, Marty? Someone would block me from their Facebook page. No. <laughs> I know, I know, no. but it's happened. I think I'm blocked. Yeah. I think I'm blocked from even posting on the Montgomery County Courthouse Facebook page. Yeah. So anyway, I. I mm-hmm. But anyway, ahead. so you. You might get your feelings hurt by getting like unfriended and blocked and stuff on some of this stuff, but you know what? So anyway, you posted up the next day that all this was done. The very next day, Judge Ott announced his um, retirement. So I don't know. Was it a coincidence, Marty, that eight eight families were wanted to go before the legislator and a letter with a bunch of documents was sent out, like to over a hundred people, and then he retired what the it, next day? It, it might have been just a coincidence. It sounds like yeah. to me is 
like in most uh, public positions like that, he was encouraged to retire immediately because it looked like he could get charged. And as long as he retired, he got to keep all of his benefits. And then if they charged Mm -hmm. him after that, so what? But he still kept his benefits. If they'd have charged him while he was in office, he would have um, forfeited those. So this is why he cut out. You guys had established a good enough case that his uh, prosecution was was a possibility. And so, you know, it's a CYA operation. Um, Mm -hmm. Resign now and then you keep all the goodies. But go ahead. Right. And I, and he still had three more years on, on, you know, so, I mean, whatever. We we feel it might have been just a crazy coincidence, but, you know, maybe not. But unfortunately, because he retired the next day, we were we basically didn't have any case that we could go and have him removed from the bench because he retired the next day after all this was done. So, but you know what? We were able to file this paperwork because we had documents that we had already filed against everyone else anyway, and you just keep grabbing them, and you pull them all together, and you find some warriors that have done the same thing, and you just line them all up, and you do a nice, beautiful packet, and and then there you have it. Now, if something would come up legally right now where someone's like, cause it's time where so-and-so is getting charged with, you know, such-and-such crime, we could pull a lot of these documents that we've already done and immediately hand them over. These documents, when we when they were doing Netflix, we handed a lot of this over to Netflix, and we were excited and hoped that they enjoyed using them for hopefully some dirty money and some I care a lot. So immediately you're able to hand these documents over to any sort of a media person, and you're legit because you file these complaints, you have your documentation in these complaints that you filed, so when media does get a hold of you, you 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 don't look you don't look scattered and they have something to look at and to dis, and to assess if they want to further pursue, you know, talking with you about any sort of media stuff. So anyway, so we have the judge. Now the next one, this is a really fun one. You can also file with the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. Now there was some mafia guys. Is it like was it Jimmy Hoffa? Who was it, Marty? And like they were doing all these crimes, and it was the IRS who took them down. Well, yeah, it was the IRS who moved in on Hoffa. Yeah, yeah. and then he mysteriously yeah. disappeared from the parking lot. Yeah. 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 So the I, I don't think the IRS is a friend of the Guardian. I actually feel there is one agency out there that would take them down, and that's the yeah. IRS. So yeah. what yep. you need to do is you need to look at the billing where you double build, where you, like, there was a guardian that, like, billed, that wrote a bill for writing the check. That was, like, an Aaron McDevitt. Yeah. And yep. that's documented at Shannon Shenanigans. So, anyway, what you need to do is you need to look at their billing. How are they billing you? And you can Google and find out how much money their business is making. When you file taxes in the United States and you're a business, your taxes are public record. Now, how you get a hold of what their taxes are, here in Wisconsin, I, I have a library card. You go down to your local library. There is a database that the library pays big money for. And now I'm guessing that every state does this. You might have to go down to a university library, but you can find a librarian that will help you 
find this information. So if you are a business, like I have Rosie's, if you want to find out what I filed with on my taxes, because we have a business has like their own social security number, it's a taxpayer ID. So every business is like a person and all that information, just like you file your personal taxes with the IRS, the businesses have to file all that information with the IRS. So if you know, let's say that your guardian, that you know the guardian charged you, your loved one, $100,000 for one year, you go on court records and you can look and see how many wards they have and you start looking around counties, let's say that they have 500 wards, you know they charged you 100000 they have 500 wards, they're making millions of dollars. And then you go to the you go to the library and you and you look up their business and you look and you see what did their business claim as their income and if it's not matching up you you need to as an american citizen you need to turn this into the irs immediately because you you suspect fraud and you can take your bills you can take that information that you have found and you write a report and you send it over to the IRS. Now, the good news is if the IRS recovers any money, you get like a little prize for turning it in. So that's an extra added bonus. Now, if if the IRS, I'm guessing that anyone that this is done to, the IRS will probably audit these people. And I've heard that IRS audits are not fun. So <laughs> especially if you're up to no good and you're trying to hide money anyway. So... But so what you, yeah, go look up their income. You need to go to the library. So there's a lot of work that you have to do to file all these complaints and nobody's going to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. I, NASCA is not there to file these complaints for you. They are there for a lot of things. And I feel that sometimes a lot of people think that someone like at NASCA or someone like me, a liaison for NASCA, that's my job to file all your complaints on all these licenses and that I need to go do all the research at the library. I don't have time for that. Nobody's getting paid at NASCA. Unfortunately, you yourself have to do this work, but you need to do this work. If you don't want to do this work, you kind of have to quit complaining. It's a lot of work. But these are the these are the complaints that you need to file. And let's see, have I missed any that we have filed? So these are all complaints that my family has actually filed. Every last every last organization that I just mentioned, those complaints have been filed. Wow, 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 wow. And now, did anything happen? Not really, because they're still all they're still all working at it. But you know what? I know that other people have filed the reports also and the complaints. And the day is coming. The day will come when the straw will break the camel's back and they will go down. But if nobody files the complaints, they're going to keep, they're going to, it's going to be so much easier for them to keep getting away with this thing. And to give everyone hope, I want to like mention, you know, some of the famous people who have gone down. We have, you know, well, is he alive or not alive? Jeffrey Epstein, I don't know, but that Ghislaine, she's sitting in jail, so you can go down. Um, let's see, there's a senator in 
um, Illinois that is about to go down. 50 years of corruption. He's 79 years old. He's going down. We've got the Ivan Boisky and the Michael Milkins, who my dad took down. We have, I mean, there was a governor in Illinois that went to jail. What was his name? Like Rob Blagovich or something? Rob Blagovich, yeah. Yeah, what was yeah. It? he tried to sell Obama's Senate seat. Seat, yeah, among yeah. other I mean, things. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he should. He. I mean, when corruption is like just golden, he should have gotten away with all that crime, but he didn't. Yeah. And so, yeah. not everybody is yeah. going to get away with their crime. And you got to realize, if you're a probate court judge, you're basically like on the low end. You're on the low rung of the totem pole, like. You're never, no one's going to appoint you to the Supreme Court when you're a probate judge. So you're basically a bottom feeder judge. And you got to realize that. That's where they at. They're bottom feeders. And you need to file those complaints on these little bottom feeders because they're never, they're never going to get like up to federal judge or, you know, they stay down there at the bottom. Well, they're making a lot of money. But well, they're the bottom thing is, because all this immunity for judges and everything. Cannot apply yeah. to a probate judge. A judge applies is a title given to someone who holds a Article Three court according to the Constitution and administers the law. These are hearing mm-hmm. examiners and ministerial clerks and sometimes magistrates appointed by the governor, but they are not judges of the law. They do not deal with law, code and statute, and mm-hmm. they make their own rules and operate outside of everything. So to say that they have immunity is not true. You can charge them with malfeasance, which is the misuse of a public office um, to harm a member or several members of the public. My goodness, I think that applies. But they have no protection. In fact, I, in my personal opinion is it's ludicrous for the judiciary to vote itself immunity. That would be like bank robbers, as I've said before, mm-hmm. uh, collecting together and saying we have immunity from prosecution because we said so. Um, exactly. And that's based, yeah. So these are not, uh, these people are not judges of the law. They are not judges. Like I say, they're hearing examiners or ministerial clerks. And just because we call them judge, don't make it so. But they do not enjoy this immunity that uh, a judge of the law actually does, like someone in civil or criminal court. But anyway, go mm-hmm. ahead. You know, and another thing that the one charge that, and I've seen a few people with a lot of money charge these atholes for racketeering. Now, the racket, there's that the federal racketeering law, the FBI is the one who should be in here investigating them for racketeering because that's what they're all doing. They're all in cahoots. You keep seeing the same people. But you know what? If you work for the FBI and you would take down a racketeering, like, a racketeering group like that that's feasting on the elderly and disabled. Can you imagine like you, like in your circle, you'd be like a hero. That's the kind of thing that the right investigator wants, but they can't go in and take down this kind of network unless you give them something. So you have got to file these complaints, even though you feel they are going nowhere. I want you to file the complaints. And that is, that is, the lesson of today you're going to file these complaints and you know what it's going to be a lot of work but the other thing i was talking to my sister like i mean obviously i haven't been in court in years because they basically contested the will and kept all the money pretty much and then it's over but if anything ever geared up i could 
I could because a lot of it it's like you start to lose the time frame because it's as time goes on you don't start to remember everything in the right time frame and so I can pull up all these documents and I could still be relevant today the other thing that I would like to mention to people who would ever want to come on our show and blow the whistle and tell their story the best the best thing that you need to do right now is make a timeline or a bullet point and put it from beginning to end because you, it, this is a very emotional topic and people jump all over the board. And when you start jumping all over, it's hard to follow what you're trying to say. And if you're talking to a reporter or you're talking to law enforcement or you know anything like that and you start jumping all over the place, they're going to lose you. And you're not going to get the justice that you are seeking. You have to do you have to do this work, and email it to other people and save it so that if something would happen to your computer, that there's so many people that have copies of it. Just uh, NASCA, their website is a great website because they will take your story and you can ha they can upload documents. If you go to the NASCA website, which is StopGuardianAbuse.org, and you look for Harvey's story. You'll see like the Rebel Pundit article and there's a um, Pocono Times article. You'll see some of the articles that were that were written and you'll see the story. So that's kind of archived there too so that those things are archived. And I think some of the documents, I can't, I'm, I'd have to go back and look. I think some places you can archive the documents up there. And then there's some of the different people who have been our show that you can archive documents up. like. Isn't it like about judge? Wait, what is it? Judge Judgepedia? Yes. What is it? Judicial, yes, and you Judicialpedia. Yeah. Yes, that's it. You can get your documents archived up at that website. So there's different places that you can save save what you have, and then you always want to keep your hard copy. I'll, I'll note if you have like when I had three thousand pages, like I paid so much money. I'm like, mail me those medical records, all of them. Heck yeah, all of them. And I had to pay a couple hundred bucks, but give them to me. So you get this. I mean, that's a big, that's like a big stack of paper. So you can take these big stacks of paper that you have and you can go to like an office depot or one of those kind of places, Staples, and they'll scan them all into uh, um, PDFs and put them on jump drives for you. And then you can get that on your computer and there's different uh, software that you can get and you can put in different terms and it will scan that whole PDF for you to find, you know, some of the terms that you're looking for so that you don't have to sit there and read through all those pages. I have personally read through all 3,000 pages of what we have probably two times at least. I've read through all of it. It takes a lot of time. This is life or death for people and it's worth the time. So, Marty, did I did I cover it okay? And hope that everyone's getting like you've got to do this. I think I think you were great. Uh, what all you can do, and these are things you actually can do, and they are time consuming, and they are yeah. tedious in their own way. But yeah. sitting and complaining and doing nothing is getting you nowhere. And yeah. you know, you brought out something else. Uh, people expecting you to do this work for them. And then getting angry right. when you say, I don't have the time. You know, you need to do this. That isn't just yeah. a matter of cause doesn't have the time. You need to be totally familiar with what you are doing and the information you are gathering. 
You have to be yeah. totally familiar with it. You actually do have to read it. It isn't enough just to collect documents. Uh, so that's a, that's another. I want to caution people here too. There's um, especially the glory hogs are asking people to send them their cases, the their document. documents, and everything. Yes, don't do it. And the no, reason I say don't do it is doesn't have my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. And they have no use for it other than it is going to be cataloged and passed along with a lot of other people's information to people you might not want to have it. And Mm -hmm. the other thing is we have seen some of these probate examiners now saying, oh, well, you published it here or you gave it to so-and-so or you sent it there, so it's not considered evidence anymore. And this is how they're getting around people. So don't, don't do that. Don't share you know, it's just like when we have guests on, we ask them to document what they're saying. We, you know, we want proof that what they're telling us is true. But that all that amounts to is, you know, showing a court date, um, who the attorneys are, that kind of thing. But as far as the um, context, the, you know, the the actual papers that go in between all of that, that describe what's going on, we don't do that. And so we never, and even if we did, we'd never share it with anyone. And that's one thing about our show and what we do cause is we protect the people who do come to us. We don't share their information, neither personal nor public. We don't share anything. And um, we don't keep files on people either. Uh, that's no, a big no-no. We've even had... We've even had people on that have told their story, and we knew who they were, but they used fake names to protect them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so we've had to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but like when you get one of these prolific predators out there, like Furley or, you know, Parks, you need to look at the Mm -hmm. background. Who is facilitating them? Who is constantly around them? Who are they constantly working with? What's a judge they're constantly in front of? Um, I, like I say, we outed Furley 10 years ago, and this Nardella law firm out of Florida was her representative at the time and emailed me, and NASCA has copies of this also, um, but emailed threatened to sue me if I didn't take the articles down, and I refused <laughs> to take them down. And they threatened again to sue me. So I responded, your attorneys, do you know it's a felony to threaten a lawsuit and not follow through? And I never heard any more. But this happens routinely. We get letters, you know, from attorneys that we're going to, you know, take you down at the knees and scalp you bald and everything. Shut up and pull this show down and do this and do that. No. And, um, Have you ever had a glory hog do that to you, Marty? Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh! And, really? They don't like the hog for, report. No, they, <laughs> <laughs> it stings. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I don't think they thought people were, you know, on to them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. That, that, that their behavior was as transparent as it is. Um, I don't yeah. think they they realized that people could see right through this facade they put up. Um, but you can't listen to somebody engage in self-worship only so long before it dawns on you. They aren't the least bit interested in you. You're just someone to fall down and worship. And that's like cause all these calls of, we have to unify. We have to unify. Uh, we have to work together. 
We need unity, but what they don't say is, we need unity, but all of you need to be submissive to me. I don't want that position. Um, right. I feel you know, like for for right. my personal case, because um, I my family was victim in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, I feel that we have victims from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, that and there's a lot, and we know each other. And we're yes. unified there, and and we do care about the bigger picture and everything. But for us to be efficient, I really believe that like if you're gonna shoot a bullseye, you 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 choose a target and you go after it. And you can't yeah. just like hit the whole country. So for us, right. we really do focus on Montgomery County, yeah. Pennsylvania, and working together towards Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. And I know sometimes people get upset that we're not really focused on the other counties in Pennsylvania is hard because we don't have we don't have the goods on anybody right. in these other counties. And so it's it's it does make it hard to work with other people that are in some of the other counties. So I would definitely say get into your court records and you just there's everything and some of them like the whole records are out there. And they have to you can also go down and I believe you can ask to see stuff. If right. you're not sure how to research, go to your local library, go to a university library, and these librarians can help you do the research. But you can sometimes find the skeleton of the cases, and you can see names, and you start looking around, and you find other people that you can work with in your right. county that are dealing with the same judges, the same attorneys, the same guardians, because they're racketeering. And that's what they're doing. Right. And we're not taking them down unless we we do have to work. We do work on a big on the big picture, but you have to stay local and stay in your local level. Like we have our our well before COVID, we had our NASCA Wisconsin or our NASCA Wisconsin meetings over at my bakery, and it was Wisconsin people. We didn't invite people from other states because we were just our local Wisconsin people. And there was just certain counties that we knew victims that were right around us. We didn't even open it up to the whole state because we didn't know everybody all over the whole state. But you do. You have to work within your own little community. And sometimes the glory hogs think they you have to work as a giant, the whole country, but the laws are different yeah. in every little county, in every state. Everything is so different, and so it's good right. to work on the national level. But do not forsake your local level. And who do you know that just lives? Who are your neighbors? Know yeah. who they are. Right. Well, you know, and uh, that thing about attacking you and me, and why didn't we? Why were we doing in a state you know that we didn't live in? And mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> that came from someone who has spent his whole guardianship career uh, inserting himself into things that he had nothing to do with and mm-hmm. uh, pushing his way in and insisting and calling people numerous times, uh, tying up their phone all day long, leaving messages. You need to talk to me. Why won't you talk to me? We need to communicate. Um, I don't understand why you won't communicate with me. And this will go on for days and loading up their email, their messaging with this obsessive behavior, and uh, but inserting themselves all over the country into things that they have no real interest in other than, can I get somebody to worship me? That's all they're really looking for. And uh, as long mm-hmm. as they get that, um, you know, they're happy. 
But, you know, this, like I say, I never anticipated the battle from the same side of the war that I was on. I totally misjudged that. And um, when you see all that goes on uh, in all of this, and yet all of this energy could be put towards everything you've talked about, who to file with, how to file it, why you should file it, what do you need for a background to file it. Um, You know, it's – and one of the things, too, on those medical records, because – uh, yeah. The way they're hiding them is when you become guardianized, of course, you lose your identity. You lose the right to your own name. You suffer a civil death. You are dead in the law. So the person who's being protected is the guardian who has assumed your identity. And they don't want right. you to have those files. But the files are what you were talking about in the medical reports. What those files contain is information you might need to file a lawsuit to see what was done to that person. They don't want you to Mm -hmm. know that stuff. And doctors now say they own the patient file if they make a notation within the file that the file belongs to them. So when you go to the doctor, you slip a little thing up there to the head person at the desk with the computer that you want to put in there that no notations are to be made within the actual file, your actual file. They are to be made outside of it. And um, and that is because now to protect themselves, because HIP has kind of fallen apart, they <laughs> to protect themselves they uh, mm-hmm. notate inside the 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 actual file and then say, well, because I notated in there, it belongs to me. No, it doesn't. So I mean, there's just little things. Hospice. I want to remind everybody again. Hospice is a you know speed rail to death in almost all cases. You have the right to refuse hospice. They are supposed to have the uh, uh, refusal forms right there at the desk where they're trying to run you in. You have the right to refuse hospice. And if you've got any sense at all, please refuse hospice. As we've talked about before, under Obamacare, thanks to the Republicans, this was their little adage when they revamped hospice. Food and water got recategorized as medical care, not as a human necessity or need, but as medical care. So when they call futility of care, all medical treatment stops immediately. What's the first thing that stops? Food and water. They start the process of dehydrating and starving them to death. Then they add the drugs, and it's a short trip. It truly is. But there's a lot of things that just bear in mind. You have the right to refuse hospice. And um, and even in your home, uh, they're just as lethal there many times. The drugs that they put in people's refrigerators and tell them if this happens or that happens, give them this is what will take them out. But a lot of people don't know. And, um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, there's just so many things. That it, I think it's a shame that at this day and time in this country, in fact, in any country, but particularly ours, that we have been marked for death when we pass the age of 60. They do not want us. They don't want us using up their valuable resources. They want whatever we have accumulated over a lifetime because that should go to somebody else. You don't need that. Mm-hmm. And what goes on here that passes right under the government's nose for elder care is absolutely sickening. I want to talk about these churches, too. Um, I don't know how many they're all talking about. They're pro-life, pro-life, pro-life. 
That's nice. I have called numerous churches over these years of various denominations and said, a member of your congregation, you know, sometimes a member for 20, 30, 40 years, has been caught in one of these guardianships, and we need your support to help retrieve them. Oh, we can't do that. That's political. No, it isn't political. That's humanitarian. There's no politics in this. We didn't mention politics at any level. Well, we can't do that. We'll lose our tax-exempt status. So, in other words, you're about profit. You're not actually about anything to do with religion or church. This is just profit, right? You don't want to stop the money train. But we have had people who in the last days of their lives have gone to the same church and they always had a like a, a yearly pledge of how much they would give each month. And they were close to death and seen the priest or the preacher come to their homes or to hospice or the hospital and get them to sign over any liquid assets they had. And then if they refused to do it when the person died, the church actually sued the estate because they had pledged those donations. And um, Oh, that happened in, um, it wasn't a church, but yeah, that happened with uh, Harvey. If you give yeah, but, money to any sort of a charity, they can come back and uh, and uh, contest the will. Yeah. Like, be well, careful what charity you give any money to. Yeah. Well, see, this happened in St. Cloud, Minnesota, due to a friend of mine's mother who had been a Lutheran. And the Lutheran minister, priest, whatever they are, um, kept coming and visiting her once a week. And then she caught the priest uh, trying to con her mother into signing over her house. And everything, and then he didn't get it. She threw him out of the house, and then when her mother passed away, that church sued her estate for her donations uh, that she would have given them had she lived another 10 years. Well, she was 86 when she passed. I don't think she was going to, but um, they they didn't prevail. But the idea that they will go this far... Um, to seize that money is just absolutely nauseating, but it's just like it's it's being attacked by a pack of predators. And one um, one one thing that I would like to say. So as a Christian, I unfortunately have to agree with everything, and you know the church people not really caring about this issue. And I believe that the life of the elderly, it should be a pro-life movement. So I absolutely agree with everything. And there is a Bible verse, don't let the right hand know what the left hand is giving. Do not give money because you want a tax deduction. If you true right. charity is, just give them the money. If that tax well, deduction isn't worth it because you've given a record of who you give money to. The other thing, tithing. As far as you know, tithing. yeah. Tithing is not mm-hmm. about giving 10% of your income to the church. That's not what it is. Tithing was taking at least 10% of what you have and dispersing it in the community, helping orphans and widows helping and the poor. <laughs> it was not, there was no, you, it was not so that you could finance the church. That's not what it's about. Tithing was to spread the money out in the community, helping everyone. And, um, you know, but people lose sight of that. Well, I've given so much to the church. Yeah, you do that, fool. But well, and then they want, I, I, but they do it because yeah. they want a tax deduction, and that's that is so bad. You just put a target yeah. on your back. Don't. Yeah, it's not do. worth the tax deduction. As far as right. the, the IRS, I'm like not a charitable person at all, Marty. Like nothing. 
Nothing right. goes on. I give nothing. But yeah, it's right. not worth the tax deduction. No one needs to know if you're going to be charitable. No one needs to do. No, you can do cash. You can go get money orders. You, the people, and that's true charity. Do right. it in secret. Right. Right. That's my that's my preaching. You know, that just reminded me. We still need to get. I haven't talked to the preacher in Montgomery County in a while. This all oh, reminded no. me. I need to. Yeah. I need to get a hold of them. Wow. We're not done with Montgomery okay. County. We did not go away, <laughs> did we, Marty? No, no, no. And then just a reminder, uh, the Hog Report is brought to you, sponsored by Shenanigans in Montgomery County on uh, Facebook. So we thank them mm-hmm. for their sponsorship. And then I say... Like um, them and follow doing, them. Yes. We're going to be doing some fundraising for the Whistleblower Summit put on by Marcel Reed. So if you have any questions about that, get in touch with me, call me, email me, message me on Facebook, whatever it is, and I'll get the information over to you. <clears throat> but we all need to pitch in here and help. Marcel does this every year at her own expense. And I thought maybe yeah. this year we might just give her a little bit of help <laughs> um, because we all benefit from it. So Absolutely. Uh, let's do what we can. Let's do what we can. All right, everybody. Uh, Kazi, did you have anything else? Um, you know, I feel that I would like a photographer to call in on one of the shows so we could talk more about photography and gory hogs, you know, getting that uh, right shot oh, for them. That would be good, yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. Public service. And I've got a message here from, she said, I think this is pronounced Brazil. Um, but she said, why all the concern about glory hogs? Uh, it's because they distract <laughs> from the issue and, um, and yeah. they mislead people and they've harmed a lot yeah. of people and they're not There's who been you a lot think of harm. they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're not who and you these think are pe- they are. These yeah. are people's lives. These are people's loved ones. Like the example of the person acting like a lawyer, there's stories yes. where people listened to glory hogs and went to jail. It's very serious yes. stuff. It's a serious, yes. it's, you do need to be careful. Well, and when they went to jail, the glory hog jumped back and said, I, I didn't tell him that. Yes, you did. You did that on air. You did that on Facebook. And you did that several other places. That's your mother. Go take her. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and look how that worked out for you. Um, and the glory hog hit the trail running. But uh, just be careful of these people. Anybody who's, whose resume keeps expanding and changing to suit the current conditions, uh, run away. Um, there's, there's nobody home. You know what I'm saying? There's no real person there. Everything is a fiction, and it changes constantly, like I say, to suit the conversation and the individuals. Um, we've seen this happen, re- oh, God, so many times. Um, people that show up and insist you work with them. Uh, because they're the most important, mm-hmm. the greatest that ever was, the best that it, yeah, right. And, and, Marty's <laughs> the, and Marty's the bad guy. And Marty's yes, me. I'm the bad guy. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I am. And I you've am poisoned terrible. the well with me, Marty. Yes, so yes, sweet yes. little me and such a terrible person. Yes, yes, I'm so sorry. I know, um, I know when really <laughs> you decided you're the sweeter one, like you're the nicer yes. one. Yes, I, I am. I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, I know. I am. Marty's Marty's yeah. a nice one. 
Yeah, see, you guys are all fools. (laughs) 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 I know. I'm like, how can anyone think Marty's the mean one? She's so sweet and nice. Uh She's always sweeter than me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh uh-huh, yeah. Until you cross me. But anyway, um, ooh, Lord. Been a long day, Cos. Been a long day. Um, Yeah. I really don't have anything else to add. Do you? Well, for everyone who supported me at my bakery, because I've had several people on here, like, order stuff, my bakery is closing. Sunday will be the last day that will be open to the public. So we had a, a long run. We did eight years, and I'm moving on. So thank you, thank right. you. We probably might still keep that website up uh, to order stuff, but I'm actually kind of relieved and ready. And you know what? Look out, Otholes. I'm freeing up some time. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. I, what are you telling me? Not to expect any more big, giant cinnamon rolls? <laughs> no, you never know. You never know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Everybody, thank you for tuning in this evening. Um, like I say, it's been a long day and an even longer week. Um, we're going to cut it a little bit short here, because thank you for everything you put out there tonight. And, of course, the show is always available in archive. You can go back and listen to it over and over and over to get more information, to, you know, to listen again to what Cos was telling you about how to file these complaints and make your issue known. This is important. Um, just mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to tell my story isn't enough. You have to tell it to the right person. And, and even though they didn't, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to go from there. I say thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Kazi, thank you. Pretty well carried the show tonight for me. Mm-hmm. Huh. We you will be back. You well. <laughs> I pay you well. <laughs> train me well. Train me well. well. You trained well. me well. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, you get paid what I do. Zip. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. Everybody have a good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Cause thank you. And good night, everyone.